0: Amos chapter 5, verse number 16, and it reads as follows. Therefore the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord saith thus, Wailing shall be in all streets, and they shall say in the highways, Alas, alas, and they shall call the husbandmen to mourning. And such are skillful lamentations to wailing. And all vineyards shall be wailing, for I will pass through thee, saith the Lord. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness, not light. As if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him, or went into a house and leaned his hand into the wall and a serpent bit him, shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? I hate, despise your feast days. I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vials. But let judgment run down as waters, and righteousness as a mighty stream. Have you offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years, O house of Israel? But ye have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch, and chew in your images, the star of your God which ye have made to yourselves." Therefore, I will cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, saith the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Let's pray before we look at these verses today. Dear God, thank you for your Bible that we have, time in Sunday school to study it, to learn more about your words and uh, your lessons. Be with me as I try to speak those words right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Continue our study of the book of Amos. If you remember the book of Amos, the one-word summary of this book is judgment. Judgment. It's all about judgment. And we've been hearing it over and over again. This word, judgment. We were talking most recently in this series of speeches, or because it's written what um, lessons from Amos about judgment. We start with chapter four with chapter three, chapter four, and now chapter five, to all start with this. Hear ye this word, right? Hear ye, right? Trying to call attention. Everyone, listen up. This is a point I'm going to make to you, right? We've been looking at chapter 5, and in addition to starting off with hear ye this word, there was another repeated theme, another repeated word that we saw a lot in this writing, which is seek, seek ye, right? It started off by saying, seek ye me and ye shall live, right? Seek God, and that's the way to life right? We know that's still true today, right? If you want everlasting life, we've got to go through God. But seek not. That's what it says, right? Seek not um, uh, Bethel or Gilgal and Beersheba. Seek not these places that were not what God wanted, right? When you seek God, you seek God earnestly in his way, not your own way, not your own made-up thing, right? Seek Him, it said in verse 8 when we studied it, right? Seek Him that maketh the seven stars, right? The all-powerful God. Obviously, the God that's the creator of everything is the one that we should be seeking, right? Last time, last time, we came to a very obvious point in verses 14 and 15. A very obvious point, but one that needed to be said regardless. It was seek what? Seek good. Seek good and not evil that ye may live. That's what we talked about last time, right? Very obvious. Oh, Do good stuff. Don't do bad stuff. Don't do evil, right? It sounds so simple. Verse 15 we read, hate evil, love good, right? But the people of Israel back then, they needed that message. They needed to hear that message even though it was so elementary, so simple because they were screwing it up. They were screwing it up. They were not following what God wanted and instead went in the way of sin. And essentially, they did it because they loved that way of life. Right? Loved that evil way of life. And we've talked about it before a lot when we've been studying this uh, this chapter, the, the self-centered ways of Israel, where they didn't care about stuff about trampling on the poor or whatever else it was that they were doing. They only cared about themselves, their own greed, their own self-lusts, whatever it is that made themselves happy and not following God. And so it was essentially that they were loving the evil and hating the good. And so we talked about it last time, how we might apply today, because we know that when we think about these, you know, stereotypical evils, I don't think anyone here is going to say, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of that, right? No one's here is going to become like the next you know, mass shooter i think we all know that's like evil bad or whatever right no one's here gonna go leave here and go rob a bank today i don't think so i know you guys that's not your character right but just like israel they just like israel the people here today in the united states we have a problem with what we seek remember that word seek right it talks about what our heart is what we're going after what is our goal what is uh the thing we love and there's still things today that people love that might not necessarily be something that uh God would be proud of us that God would say is good in fact might say is evil and we use example last time when we talked about um uh, the love of money right it says in the in the bible right for the love of money is the root of all evil right and some people even today good people that you and i might know right maybe some of our friends maybe you know people we've seen before that you know profess to love god but also cannot help themselves cannot help themselves but to fall into the trap of you know chasing after the next uh, the next big financial gain right like i need to work this extra hour i need to care for my business more and more i need to put in all this time for you know what goal right the goal what are they seeking after seeking after money first and foremost right you know like i said these are like horrible evil people that are robbing the bank these are people like you and me saying boy i wish i could pay my mortgage i wish i could make my car payments i wish my kids could have you know a good vacation or whatever you know You and I and everyone would say, yeah, those are all great things. But at what cost? When that becomes the main thing we seek, is our direction the way God wants it? And the answer is no. We're supposed to not lust after those things of the flesh, but seek after good and seek after things of God. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with having money and being able to make your mortgage payments and car payments and all those type of things, right? But it should not be the sole and only focus of our life. No, we have a God, a God that loves us also, that that we ought to love back. All right, verse 16 and on. Verse 16 and on, we go back to what? We go back to judgment. This is the judgment for what we have just laid out in the first 15 verses, right? All the things they're doing wrong, all the ways they weren't seeking right. They gave them all the warnings. This is how you seek the right way. This is how you seek the wrong way. We know from history, Israel did never figured out the answer. So what do they do instead? What the result instead? It says, verse 16, there's going to be a bunch of wailing and stuff. and unhappiness, right? In all the vineyards, there will be wailing. Verse 18, woe unto you, right? But here's the interesting thing. i will talk about this a little bit today. It says there's some people in 18 that desire the day of the Lord, right? So in Israel, there's all these people sinning, doing bad stuff. Yet there's some people still there saying like, oh, it will be great when God comes. It will be great, great. The day of the Lord, right? When he comes, it's going to be wonderful, right? These people, it says here in these verses, they kind of got the wrong idea, right? Verse number 19 gives an example of what this is like, right? Those people calling for God to come and say, yes, right? Just can't wait for God's judgment to come, can't wait for God to be here. It says, verse 19, it says, it's as if they were fleeing from a lion, right? And then met a bear, right? It's like, oh, the lion's bad, and This bear's bad too, right? Or it's someone that goes into a house, right? Leans against the wall, right? You're thinking I'm hiding in the house. Going against the wall, stick my hand against the wall. And then, what it says in verse 19? A serpent bit him. Oh, you thought you were safe? Oh, you got bitten still. Because in verse 20, it says, What the day of the Lord would be darkness and not light, even very dark. Right? We, as Christians, a lot of times think about and talk about, you know, when Jesus comes back, right? And maybe we think of even hopefully like, oh, we going to be a great day when the Lord comes? The day of the Lord. Jesus is here. We'll be happy, wonderful, right? But actually, what the Bible tries to remind us here is, that's actually going to be a really dark day. It's going to be a sad day for a lot of people, won't it? It'll be a day of judgment on all these people that don't have Christ as their Savior. It will be a condemnation to all those people left behind on earth to deal with all the tribulations and troubles, right? Everyone thinks it's going to be wonderful and awesome and whatever. And sure, it'll be those, those people with the true faith, I guess, to finally meet their, their God and Savior. But the reality is that it says here, remind us, there's going to be a lot of darkness. There's going to be a lot of unhappiness. Why is that? Well, we studied in this very chapter, right? Because these people were seeking God the wrong way they're doing it all wrong. They think in their heart, oh, I'm God's child. I've been worshiping him. I'm doing all the right things. So it'd be great when God comes and judges all these bad people. I'm safe, right? All these other people, bring it on. Bring on the judgment. They didn't realize they were barking up the wrong tree. Verse 21 and on kind of explains that, right? It says, I God says this, I hate, I despise your feast days. They thought they were having this feast for God. They were wrong. Verse 22, ye offer me burnt offerings and meat offerings. What does God say? I will not accept them. Their offerings were wrong. Verse 23, take away from me the noise of thy songs. I will not hear the melody of thy vials. You think you're singing songs to me? I'm not praised by your songs. So what happens instead? Verse 24, and we said this before many times, let judgment run down as waters, right? Here comes a judgment instead. You guys think you're doing right by singing these songs and having these offerings. Instead, you're getting judgment, right? Verse 26, why? Ye have borne the tabernacle of, not God, but who? Moloch and Chuin, your images, Moloch and Chuin. These are idols, the names of idols back then, right? These are the star of your God, Not the real God, not Almighty God, right? These are gods that they made unto themselves, it says in verse 26. Therefore, what judgment is there? In verse 27, I will cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, saith the Lord. Right, The whole country would be taken over, and they'd all become captives. And we've said this many times before in our study of the history of the period, that actually happened. So, here's the thing about Israel. And this is a thing that's surprising to them. Probably was surprising to them. That they thought. We're doing fine. We're worshiping God. Right? Bring on the judgment. I don't care. Because it's going to be judging that other guy. Not realizing they themselves. Are subject to judgment. And this. Really speaks to me in the sense that. I think there are people today. Very many people today. In a similar boat. When it comes to. God's judgment of us today when it comes to forgiveness of sin today when it comes to salvation day becomes like being a Christian today if you look at things like surveys which are all based on self-report right people would say if you look at these surveys that people have taken of the demographics of the United States I think in some like high number like maybe like 70 something percent of Americans say that I'm a Christian of some sort you know of some sort right if you just say the general question like what's your faith right and they they've the survey or click on the buttons online or whatever i think there's some surveys that say that you know there's like 70 something percent of people that profess that claim that yeah i'm a christian but my observation and again like i said we don't know you know we don't know the real number only god knows right my observation Is that of course that number of 71 percent is way 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 higher probably than what the real number is because a lot of people are in the same boat as these people of israel that oh that's just what they think i'm a christian right and that's the way they choose to self-report it but in reality but in reality they might not even understand what is in the Bible? What does God have to say about being Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? How do you obtain salvation? All these type of things. And I think it's a bigger problem in some areas of the United States, you know, where, you know, Christianity is more part of the way of life, right? If you go to like the Midwest and the South, There's some Christians all over the place, right? You you go there and people claim, you see churches everywhere and people claim to be Christians everywhere, right? And people go to church every Sunday and they've done it since they were little kids and stuff. But one of the issues of folks like that sometimes is that it becomes a cultural thing, a cultural thing and not a faith thing. We see it uh, with uh, Jewish people. If you guys have friends who are Jews and my friends who are Jews, right? I know a lot of people like them that a lot of them, they will never ever set foot in a synagogue ever, right? And they don't follow any of those Jewish rules that you hear about stereotypically. They'll go and eat whatever they feel like and do whatever it is. But if you ask them if they're a Jew, they'll be, of course, I'm a Jew. I identify as a Jew. This is, you know, this is who I am, right? And that's because... It's become part of their culture, right, that being, quote, Jewish is just a thing in their minds of like, oh, having uh, having these uh, cultural backgrounds, these traditions like, oh, I know when I, I was born, I got circumcised I have bar mitzvah. Of course, I'm Jewish. Right. Doesn't matter if he doesn't do anything else. Right. This is what it means to be Jewish in their mind. And sadly, there's some Christians who have that same type of attitude. Of course I'm a Christian. My dad was a Christian. My mom was a Christian. My grandma's Christian. Grandpa's Christian. I've been to church when I was a kid, right? Maybe they even got baptized when they are a kid or whatever, right? You know, when they are a baby or whatever, right? Now I went to church, you know? Of course I'm a Christian. I'm going to answer the survey and say that. Even though I never go to church. Even though I don't pray. Even though I don't read the Bible or serve God or do anything like that, right? I know in my heart... I'm a Christian because that's just the way it is all my family is Christian all my friends are Christian isn't that me too right you know there are people that think this way and this attitude is not the right attitude you join down the wrong path sometimes that's why we had that message just a few weeks ago about the fundamentals of the faith because I worry even in this audience maybe there's some people who might think the wrong way and say oh You know, I just showed up in church, therefore I'm saved or whatever. No, 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 no. We need to understand what it really means to obtain salvation, what it really means that we need Jesus in our heart. And that's the only way to have true repentance. So we make up our own way and say, this is my way. I know I'm saved because my parents were saved. I know I'm saved because I did all this stuff. No, 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 that's not the way it works. We have to have true faith in Jesus, that he can forgive us from our sins. That's the only way that we can can become a Christian. Other people, they get it wrong all the time. We forget, we don't think about it. but we here don't want to follow the wrong path. I think it might be a little easier here for us because we didn't grow up in like that attitude. But I do worry, like, for example, about our kids, my kids, right? Will they one day wake up and say, "Hey, I'm only going to church because you forced me to go to church?" every sunday parents hopefully you guys can instill in your heart that love of god that they don't think that way that they don't have that wrong attitude right and hopefully all of us don't have that attitude ourselves So it looks like people are banging down the door that's what we got to right now let's end in a word of prayer right now dear god you know we see israel made a mistake they thought they had it all figured out that they they were still saved from the judgment your judgment they weren't they were wrong Folks, today here, hopefully everyone here is saved from your judgment, that none of us is going to the lake of fire, that we all have Jesus in our heart to save us from our sins, and that we instill that in, in us and like all the other folks in this congregation, that no one here will have that wrong attitude, that think that, oh, just because I show up here, I'm saved or whatever. No, 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 that we follow your word, God, that we do what you say and you want to be on the right path. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.